From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. It's Friday, October 29th. Hi. How are you, Molly? Do you want to come on in? Is that okay? Ross High greets me as I enter his unique home along King Creek Road. His house is built into the side of the rock. It was originally blasted out to destroy the uranium mining equipment. They're not actual uranium mines, just to store all the equipment. Okay. He says after the uranium days, it became a chicken egg ranch. And this little place right here is what they call the candle room, mm-hmm. where they um, check for blood and embryo. Would you like to see the cave? Sure. Yeah. That's Ross's daughter, Kate High. Beyond the living quarters is a door to the entrance of a large cave. This is the wash. When they would do like the everything, everything would wash down to here and then to the other side of the road. But there is this. Kate says this place often draws attention from the thousands of tourists taking their vehicles and bikes to nearby trails. Those who notice the place will stop and take pictures. So my dad is kind of famous. He's been in magazines in this house. Mm-hmm. He has had articles, many articles written about him. Well, the New Yorker here. magazine and Outside magazine. It had a music video shot here and a thing from the L.A. Uh, electronic firm mm-hmm. advertisement. So it's been... Plus and people just stop. They always stop and drive by this house. This house is like the coolest house and it's it really sucks to have to see him be in his element and Mm. have to see him walk away from it a development company that bought 180 acres of this property recently told ross he had two weeks to get out and we didn't do anything wrong we weren't like criminals or drug pushers or nothing i don't understand Ross says after he received the two weeks notice, he got some legal advice. Now he says the company is allowing him to stay as long as he's actively looking for a place. But he's very worried about his options. And he's heard the company has far off plans. Everything from a subdivision to a plant nursery and something called an innovation center. I've heard a hundred different things. Their companies, the Cane Creek Preservation and Development company, which kind of is oxymoron. We reported earlier this week that the development company says these tenants need to leave because their properties are not up to code. They say they're living in poor conditions and there's liability. Today in the news, we spend time with Ross and his daughter, Kate. Ross told me on the phone recently that, yes, his place is rustic but livable, and it's his home. He says, make no mistake, the company isn't doing them any favors by kicking them out. The highs want listeners to know how there's a real community up Cane Creek getting displaced. I got divorced 30 years ago. I bounced around Utah looking for a home for my heart, I guess you'd say. And uh, I tried Salina, Flaming Gorge, uh, Camas. And when I found this place, I've lived here longer than any other place besides my dad and mom's house. That's how mm-hmm. uh, uh, founded I, you know. We've been here, like, Nelson, 33 years, Mike, 15. I've been here 10. Dave's been here 8. Nine. Mike and Roberta has been here, I think, 15, 16 years. So we're like an incorporation of Moab. We're our own little Charliewood is what we called it, where we live because uh, we're all... Because of Charlie Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charliewood. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, Charliewood. And we didn't, you know, we took care of each other. We kept every individual 
freedoms, but if we needed anything like rides to Grand Junction or money or something loaned. Um, a little community down here. It, yeah. It, we, we all know each other. It's, it's, it's family. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real um, disruption of a really tight little Moab family down here, you know. We're all our own little town, and um, looks like half of us, Nelson, Mike, Dave, myself, Roberta, are senior citizens with disabilities. And this affects me because I love every single one of the, these old folks around here. Mm -hmm. They are all great people, and it just seems like a show that they would come and remove all of these elderly disabled people in in no time flat just here you go get out i want it to be known because i'm down here taking care of my dad i came down here for a vacation and i've been down here for months i got a job and i realized how much my dad needs somebody to take care of him mm -hmm. i don't want to see them all go and i can't see my dad not in this place yeah. that's the worst part is i can't I can't imagine my dad anywhere but here. I also talk with the neighbors too, mm -hmm. you know, and they all know me and love me. And I don't, I don't want to see any of them go either. And it's, it, this is, this is hard. This is, this really, really sucks. And me and Mike both were just panic struck. He, he went to Colorado to live with his son, got his trailer moved out. So he found a place to live, but like with me and Nelson, my family up in Salt Lake, they don't have room for me, you know, I mean, Kate's gonna look for a um, place to live, but the problem with Moab, it's changing so rapidly to service opulent, and the people that aren't rich are getting kind of like, you know, I mean, we're having a hard time, even if new couples can't find a house that they can afford. Uh, and so like here with us being um, evicted, it's gonna be hard for any of us to find a place that we can afford. And especially within a month or two. Everywhere else we're looking, even the housing market for the subsidies for people who are already retired and are on disability and everything, you're on a waiting list that is so, I'm sorry, so f long. Yeah, they got a three-year waiting list uh, for the map. That's uh, what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. So to have two weeks years. or no time at all. Dave's worried about it. He said, I'm just going to get on my bike and ride out in the desert, and you'll find me later somewhere. That sounds like Dave. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're not looking for money or handouts or nothing. Just uh, um, they support us and, and give me and Nelson time to find somewhere else. And so, yeah, there's a few here that just have no place to go and just let the owners know that we're upsetting uh, uh, people that's been there two and three decades. We're not just any renter, you know. We paid our rent, we do everything on time, we look after each other, and it's all going away. That's Ross High. For the past 10 years, he's lived in a unique house blasted into the side of a rock along Cane Creek Road. Ross and his daughter are looking for new housing after a developer told them they need to leave. For more on these evictions, check the show notes of the news on our website and podcast. We'll link to our report from earlier in the week and also to the recent articles in the Moab Sun News and the Times Independent. 
And now the weekly newsreel, where we speak with reporters about their latest stories of the Moab area. Last month, local Jane May and her attorney, Happy Morgan, addressed the city council to protest the long investigative delays into their citizen complaint against police chief Brett Edge. And this week, they were back before the council. Doug McMurdo of the Times Independent has the details. On September 28th, Jane May, a 40-year resident and longtime attorney, Happy Morgan, appeared before the city council, uh, really hard-hitting comments to uh, question the council on why nothing has been done 16 months after uh, Jane May filed a complaint Mm -hmm. against uh, police chief Brett Edge. And uh, she really had been getting the, the runaround from, by all accounts. The problem here, and I want to be very careful about, about saying this, the people at City Hall that are dealing with this now weren't really central to what was going on mm-hmm. uh, for the past 16 months. You know, we've lost an attorney and we've lost a city manager yeah. in that time. So they're uh, figuratively left holding the bag, if you will. So I, w- I want to make sure people understand, listeners understand, that this really isn't on the current uh, acting manager and uh, deputy manager. So to, to get back to it, Jane was the victim of, uh, it's hard to say, not really an attempted murder because the, the guy who uh, mm-hmm. was coming for her crashed his car before he got to her house. He had written an eight-page uh, murder-suicide note, and um, mm-hmm. it was uh, headlined or titled, if you will, Jane May Must Die. So, And he was actively going to her house. He was on his way to Castle Valley and mm-hmm. crashed on Highway 128. Moab police officers, Grand County Sheriff's deputies, uh, they all uh, arrived, and um, one of the law enforcement officers found a backpack that he had hidden mm-hmm. with a semi-automatic weapon in it and 200 rounds of ammunition. He's a, he's a felon, so he's not supposed to have uh, either one of those. I guess you could say Jane May is a, a victim of real and persistent threats. Yes, okay. and it was it was a theme because, and this is where the story uh, really um, took off. They were there again Tuesday, expand on the details of what happened to her and what has happened mm-hmm. since. Okay, uh, because. Um, Stunningly, nobody uh, on the city council, Mayor Niehaus, Carly Castle, the uh, the acting city manager, none of them had reached out to Jane in the in the intervening month between September 28th and Tuesday night to um, reassure her to sympathize. Mm-hmm. There was no outreach whatsoever, and that's notable because Jane had filed complaints and had been um, through her attorney too had been kind of vocal about her situation. Right, right. Okay. and um, we know that Mayor Niehaus has known about it since 2019, and we know the city council uh, has known about it since summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. So they were very well aware of it. I, I do have to say that they all appeared to um, be holding close attention to what Jane and Happy had to say. In any event, here's the timeline. Five months before this crash, uh, this guy crashes his car and gets arrested. He threatened Jane May. And Jane made uh, Jim Winder, who was the chief at the time, mm-hmm. aware of what was going on. Chief Winder looked at this guy's background and he placed um, Jane, her husband, their daughter, and their grandchild in a safe house mm. until they could get a protective order. Okay. And even then, Winder warned her that her life is never going to be the same again, and you need to embrace that to protect mm. yourself. Okay. 
five months go by and this guy beats up his best friend so bad he puts him in the hospital. Mm. And then one month later, uh, September 19th, 2019, I believe, he writes this eight-page letter and uh, heads to Castle Valley and crashes before he gets there. And the protective order, is that still in place when that happens, when that crash occurs? Yes. Yeah. Brett Edge was uh, the chief at this time. Jim Winder left Mm -hmm. to go back to Salt Lake. So Brett... Uh, interviewed this guy, and he was charged, and he closed the case. Mm-hmm. He never spoke to the victim or her husband or her daughter or mm-hmm. her grandchild. Um, they closed the case within hours of the accident, never looking into, number one, how did this guy get a gun? He's a convicted felon. So yeah. Brett doesn't answer her calls for a week. And when he does, he refuses to reopen the case and investigate because she has charges against this guy and she needs an investigation or nothing's going to stand up in court. So initially, she says, Brett Edge uh, refused to reopen the case. And then he said, it's not my jurisdiction. Being that Castle Valley is in Grand County and that's the purview of the Grand County Sheriff's Department. Right. Even though he never made it to, to Grand County and he was a Moab resident. So he said, not your jurisdiction. Good. I can go to uh, the sheriff's office. Um, but how can you open and close a case if you don't have if you don't have jurisdiction? Mm-hmm. And he never answered that. And then Happy, her attorney, gets up um, and Happy was more of a, an attorney. She just uh, built a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, brick by brick, explaining how desperate it is uh, that the city council do something about its police department. As of right now, I don't know how many employees they have, but six of them are under investigation. Right. Brett's under investigation for Jane May's case. Office manager Kelly Day is under investigation by the State Bureau of Investigation for um, allegedly, inappropriately altering body camera footage from a grandma request, so violating grandma policy. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's a crime. Mm -hmm. Um, You have two more officers uh, under investigation by the Weber County Sheriff's Office uh, for body camera and policy abuse, and then you have two more officers under investigation by the Price Police Department uh, for their interactions and decision-making regarding the Gabby Petito Mm -hmm. and Brian Laundrie stop on August 12th. So Um, Happy is bringing this up and kind of laying it out to the city council saying, what are you going to do about this? Right. There's just a lot of problems at the Moab Police Department. And uh, I believe the city council, according to uh, city spokeswoman Lisa Church, at least some of the city council members are preparing a statement in response to Jane May. Um, And I I hope it's sincere. I hope it's Mm -hmm. uh, not an attempt to... uh, Keep her in happy coming back every month. I have seen various iterations of the city council not feel like they want to make a big statement about the police department. And the police department has gone through various iterations, various chiefs, um, various investigations throughout the the last seven years that I've been here. And I haven't heard from an elected official yet that they're really confident about making any sort of statement or saying anything um, about the police department in any in any way. Since 9-11, it seems like we've become a nation of uniform worshipers. You can't say anything bad about 
a bad cop without implying that you hate all cops. That's ridiculous. You can absolutely be pro-law enforcement and still want to hold to account these people who have the power over our lives. Mm -hmm. They have a badge and a gun and the right to detain us and imprison us and testify against us and hold everything we say against us. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of power. So we should expect more from them uh, than we do almost anybody else. And I think that puts it in perspective with a case like Jane May's when we expect law enforcement to protect us or investigate and that doesn't happen and you're the victim. I can't even imagine her her level of frustration, her level of fear um, in the community. Um, I do like cops. I know I have a reputation for being anti-cop because of this series of stories. I'm just reporting the news. And if it was the sheriff's office, I'd be writing about them. So, um, I mean, we'll just go on where the story takes us. Doug McMurdo, editor of the Times Independent. Subscription info and more stories can be found at moabtimes.com. This week, local media covered the evictions in the Cane Creek area. Rachel Fixon of the Moab Sun News has a profile on two residents who are told to leave and the development company that says their future plans will eventually benefit the community. Reporter Allison Hartford discusses. So Rachel started this story basically by introducing readers to Cane Creek Boulevard um, and to two people who live there. So Cane Creek Boulevard and the part of land that was bought by a developer is kind of like as you're driving down you pass by the eclectic neighborhood of trailers and vehicles and like hand-painted signs, vending firewood, and there are a couple of caves um, and, you know, signs reminding drivers to slow down because people live there. Mm. Um, so that is the neighborhood that is being affected by this. So Rachel talked to two people who live there, um, Mike Newbold and Ross High, and those two recently received 15-day eviction notices mm. from the development company that bought that stretch of land. Yeah. The development company is envisioning a new subdivision with, like, eco-friendly homes. And they've talked a little bit about protecting the land and, like, being eco-friendly. But at the same time, they are trying to evict the mm -hmm. current renters. It's interesting because I feel they've proposed a number of different things, right? This mm -hmm. eco village, they've talked about an innovation center. There's nothing currently before the county planning commission that says, here's what's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. It's all um, just in planning stages right now, as far as I understand. Mm -hmm. Now, where did Rachel take take the article? Because it's, it's a big piece, yeah? So um, she further introduces us to these two residents, High and Newbold. Ross High has lived in a studio in a cave that was blasted into the cliff in the 1950s. And he's lived there for 10 years. And Newbold has lived on a property for 14 years. Um, but yeah, so both of them were served 15-day eviction notices, and they both said that the eviction notices just came as a huge surprise. They weren't told any reason. They were just delivered these papers without any warning. Um, and then Hai said that on the eviction paper, it said, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to call, but then it didn't provide a phone number. Mm -hmm. um, both Newbold and Hai said that the development company name, Cane Creek Preservation and Development, um, they both 
kind of said that it was ironic because they think that preservation and development kind of contradict each other. Mm. So those are the residents who are being evicted right now. And the development company has said that they're trying to help people find housing, but they have also said that that's kind of difficult for them Mm -hmm. because there isn't a lot of housing in Moab. The development company is trying to work with Moab Valley Multicultural Center to find housing for tenants, Um, but there isn't like a formal agreement. And there also isn't a formal agreement between the development company and the current tenants. It's all kind of this like word of mouth that the company will find new housing Mm, yeah there's not like a contractual obligation on their part right um so these two were were told they have 14 days to leave or 15 days to leave 15 days to leave 15 days to leave and then there's others that were kind of given like a target date of december Mm um i'm not sure exactly how many residents might be affected but um it's certainly more than two Mm-hmm. There are multiple housing units or like you mentioned, like there's that house that Ross lives in that's blasted into a cave. And mm-hmm. then there's other like dwellings that people stay in. Anything else to mention about this piece? So development plans are still in the preliminary stages, but um, a couple of the early proposals have said that they're going to build, you know, 500 new housing units and the possibility of some commercial centers Um, And then they also have said that the property along Cane Creek Boulevard that's adjacent to the river um, will be used as a native plant nursery to supply landscaping needs. So um, they when they talked to Rachel, they wanted to make it very clear that they are trying to use like renewable building materials and preserve the landscape. So it seems like Rachel spent some time with those residents out there, um, Mm -hmm. if listeners want to learn more, kind of did a big overview of the problems, the Mm -hmm. development company, um, and their preliminary plans, and Mm -hmm. also um, what these residents, you know, are actively feeling or thinking about as they are trying to look for um, other housing options. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Um, as usual, there are some events that were covered in the Moabs and News this week. Yeah, so the Moab to Monument Valley Film Commission is having um, the screening for their Moab Monster Movie Mash, and they ended up with uh, 10 teams submitting films, and two teams are from the high school. Cool. The 10 teams kind of were all evenly distributed with the genres, and the genres were you know, Cursed Treasure in the Hills, Ghosts of the West, The Devil Went Down to Moab, The Beast from the Red Rocks, and The Dark Desert. Mm. So I talked to two of the filmmakers, and they were very excited. One of them has a film titled Abandoned that follows um, four friends who discover an old box of maps that lead them to an abandoned mine shaft. Mm. And things kind of, you know, go downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And then... Another filmmaker is also doing an abandoned mine shaft. Um, so some friends go camping on the side of this abandoned uranium mine, and then things also kind of go downhill from there. Uh-huh. And I talked to Biga, the director of the film commission, um, and she said she's really looking forward to all of the films. And she's not sure how scary they'll be. I mean, horror kind of can encompass a lot of different things. The films that were made for this challenge are going to screen on October 30th at 7 p.m. at Star Hall. And on Friday night at 7 p.m. at Star Hall, they're going to show um, The Canyonlands, which was a film that was actually filmed in the Moab area but has never been screened here. 
that's like a horror film so horror movie fest that's going on this weekend and then coming up you can read more about it in the most some news this week is the folk festival yeah the folk festival is next weekend november 6th and 7th at the center street ballparks it's going to be in person this year, which is exciting, but still all outdoors. Mm. Um, Patty Griffin will headline, and they'll also have a bunch of other artists, including Lindsay Liu, who was here over the summer um, for the free concert series, May Earlywine, The Little Smokies. So, yeah, a lot of bluegrass, a lot of folk music. Tickets for the actual festival. Single day admission is $50 and two day general admission is 90 And there will be four concerts each day at 11, 12, 15, 145, and 3. But then the Friends of the Moab Folk Festival, which is the nonprofit that hosts the festival, um, they also have a bunch of like free workshops. And I talked to Cassie, the director, and she said that the mission with the festival is to bring music to our community, but also to provide like accessible entertainment for people in town who like maybe couldn't afford a ticket. Um, So they're having a bunch of bluegrass jams at the Backyard Theater and a couple of artists will perform unplugged sets. And then there will also be morning workshops. Um, So there will be a singer-songwriter workshop. And there will also be an interview with a couple of the songwriters on each of the bands. Allison Hartford of the Moab Sun News. Subscription info and more stories can be found at moabsunnews.com. And that's the weekly newsreel where we speak with reporters about their latest stories of the Moab area. You can find the pieces mentioned today in the show notes of the news at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for tuning in and supporting KZMU Community Powered Radio.